welcome to the HR Grapevine podcast. This is our first podcast of 2022. My name is Eric Niewerowski, and I am the head of video content and social media at Executive Grapevine Digital Publishing. And I am joined today by our head of content, Kieran Howells. How are you doing? Happy New Year, bud. Happy New Year. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Raring to be back. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I would say that, you know, we had a nice long break over the holiday, and I think the best gift I could have given myself was not catching Omicron or any other variant of the virus. What about you? Yeah, I completely agree. That was definitely the uh, the icing on the cake this Christmas, but I was off so long that I don't really know who I am anymore. That's good, though, I guess. I, I don't know. New year, new you. Right. So I kind of led into it. Let's talk about the Omicron variant and coronavirus and vaccines. What do you say? Do you like that topic for today? Yeah, sounds good to me. So right now, obviously, the Omicron variant has really become the dominant variant of the COVID-19 throughout the world. And currently, there's over 200,000 cases a day reported in the UK. That's, you know, kind of shattering all of the, the infection records since the pandemic began in March 2020. And as offices have started to reopen, uh, there's a fear that, you know, a workplace, a central workplace could be a super spreader environment. And it's really making businesses and their leadership anxious. Now. Of course, the vaccine came through in December of last year. So we're about one year in the vaccination program. And now we are into the booster program. Yet there's a lot of data that is saying that you could still catch the Omicron variant with the vaccine, but it won't be as severe. So vaccines are still important, right? Well, the UK government passed a legislation to require those working in the care sector or in the NHS in England to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Now, this is, has sparked debate, the legality of a no jab, no job policies in other sectors. Now, carers were given a 16-week grace period to receive both doses of the approved vaccine unless they were medically exempt. So uh, the question for today, Kieran, should and can businesses operate no jab, no job? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting debate, and it's obviously been one that's been going on for quite a while. Uh, you know, we've been covering it for months and months and months, and it's slowly but surely developed over that time. And obviously, lots of different questions have been thrown up by that. So, yeah, the legality of a kind of a no jab, no job, and then also, obviously, the vaccine and, and coronavirus itself has sparked very bitter divisions in society. And of course, that carries over into the workplace. So there was one situation that I read about in The Guardian quite a while ago before we were recording this podcast, where a boss had told them that they considered themselves basically between a rock and a hard place, because on one hand, they want to make sure that all of their employees are jabbed because that's what they believe is the right thing to do, and it's right. going to prevent the spread. But on the other side of that, you know, are you going to lose a load of staff who don't agree with that and who feel like their rights are being infringed upon? It's it's very murky and very kind of, yeah, it's, it's hard ground to traverse there, I think. Yeah, and it's certainly, and I hate to, to use this term again, but this is really, this no jab, no job policy really is kind of 
unprecedented territory, both in the terms of, uh, you know, culture and also in, in uh, legalese sort of terms. So, Kieran, I'm, I'm dying to know, what are your thoughts on a no jab, no job policy? And, 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 and this is your personal thoughts. Yeah, well, I mean, personally, I I see both sides, although I think if people are going into workplaces, as you said earlier, Eric, those could definitely be super spreader environments, especially with Omicron cases rocketing as they are. So having measures in place to look after your staff, that, that's a legal requirement. Um, you know, the, the law actually says that uh, businesses have a duty of care to keep employees safe. Mm-hmm. And so they may interpret that as enforcing a, a no jab no job policy however i completely see this this individual's point of view that they were talking to the guardian about where they're saying especially now in the throes of the great resignation you know losing a bunch of staff based on their what they consider to be their personal beliefs is a very hard thing to do isn't it yeah it sure is i'm going to give you my thoughts on it in a second but i just i, I wanted to highlight a interesting case that that we came across news.com.au reports someone worked as a client care consultant for a newcastle based church of ubuntu and she was let go from her job in october after the church discovered she had been vaccinated right so we've covered stories on people being fired for not getting vaccinated CNN has, you know, we've we, we've written a lot about CNN opting to fire three employees. But in this case, this person was fired for not getting the vaccine. And the organization operates as a wellness center and it sells medicinal hemp based products. And it sent out a letter saying that the vaccine went against its belief and values. So here is a case that I didn't think I would see someone getting fired for getting the vaccine. What do you make of that one, Karen? Yeah, it comes back to this whole idea of this being not just a medical issue, but uh, a politicised issue and, you know, an an ethics driven issue as well. Um, Although I did find this case very surprising when we reported on it, actually, I'm starting to think that we might see more cases like this. I mean, I I think it's about one in 10 in the UK now. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think about one in 10 are unvaccinated. And that population isn't unvaccinated because they're just too busy to get vaccinated. They've had that time now. So this is this are people. This is a group of people who are, you know, ideologically opposed to the concept of vaccines. And if some of those people are in leadership positions, they may choose to respond to what they consider to be the pressure of vaccines with this idea that actually, well, I I disagree with the concept. So maybe I'll fire you if you do get one. And now I must say that this case was in Australia. And Australian law obviously varies to England and English law. However, because the legalities around making someone, you know, unemployed based on their vaccine status are so murky, it's it may be something that could be replicated over here. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Do you want to hear my take on it, Karen? I would love to. So I'm really not one for any sort of you know, umbrella, wide umbrella mandate. However, in this case, I think that if you want to be around other people and work, you should take the responsibility to get the vaccine and and the booster and keep up, especially if you are in a sort of consumer front-facing role, right? So if you are a 
delivery driver of any sorts, if you are a cashier, if you stock shelves at the local uh, Tesco or Aldi, uh, if you're interacting with members of the public, especially members of the public that are paying money within your doors, then you absolutely should be vaccinated because, you know, I look at it from an employer brand sort of thing. What would happen if, say, an H&M became a super spreader event, right, where people weren't vaccinated, it essentially could be getting their customers infected. However, though, I do believe that the freedom of choice for everyone, but I do think that if, if you're going to make the choice not to get the vaccine, you should also be prepared to maybe not have a job anymore or not be able to go to things or not be able to go to that gig. So that's my take on it. it what do you think? Well, I think you raised something really interesting there, actually, and that is that places that maybe do allow unvaccinated staff to mix in in physical work environments, they may actually face the opposite of the backlash that this person who was speaking, this boss who was speaking to The Guardian was talking about. Mm -hmm. Actually, they may find that in the throes of, yeah, the great resignation and, and, you know, a, a very candidate-centric jobs market, that if, if that information is out there, people who maybe don't feel comfortable around those who are unvaccinated won't come and work for you. And, and that is kind of actually backed up by some stats. So I was looking at some research by the Chartered Management Institute, who said that employees aged 55 and over are significantly more likely to only want to share a workspace with the fully vaccinated. And, and that definitely comes back to this idea of a duty of care. So yeah, mm -hmm. in, in a way, I think that it's, it seems inevitable that a lot of people may, to keep their jobs, be forced to get this vaccine at some point in the future. Yeah, interesting. And I would like just to throw out like sort of one more situation at you. Okay. Uh, we've been hearing a lot about this, uh, especially through my American lens, right? That being forced to get a vaccine or wear a mask is a violation of not my civil liberties, but civil liberties in general. And, uh, you know, Catherine Evans, she's the head of employment law at Trethalf Wins says that arguably it's a breach of human rights. You have a right not to go through a medical procedure. This is certainly the case, but what if you are endangering other people? Yeah, I, you know, it, it's changed the way we view illness, hasn't it? Yeah. In, in years gone by, Eric, if you had the flu, but your boss was a stickler for you being there, you probably came in anyway. And yep. And now we've completely 360 on that. You know, if it seems like you have even a hint of a cold or a hint of any illness that's transmissible, um, you're going to stay home and, and you're going to work from home. And the beauty of the modern workplace that we've built as a result of this pandemic is that you can do that now. So actually, maybe it's the case that if you believe you know, in your right to not get the vaccine, then you accept that you're probably going to almost exclusively work remotely for the rest of your career. Right. Yeah. That, and that sounds like uh, you've, you've kind of painted a bleak picture uh, that basically <laughs> alluding that, that, that this will be involved in our lives uh, at least for the rest of my working life, which is sad, but I guess also 
you know, something that maybe we should all just kind of come to grips with. So Kieran, thanks so much for sharing your insights with us. No worries. It's been uh, fantastic. Thank you very much, Eric. Great. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. And if you want some more great HR and business related content, the January edition of our digital magazine is now available. Uh, We have some great feature stories, a great cover feature as well. And you can find that at hrgrapevine.com. Thanks. And we will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.